Welcome to the Rook 77 Podcast. Today, we are embarking on an often overlooked journey, the experience of living alone. We'll dive into the intricacies of cultivating a joyful home, delve into crucial safety tips, and underline the significance of nurturing one's spiritual life while living solo. So fasten your seatbelts as we delve into this enriching path of self-growth and spiritual development. Welcome to the Root 77 Podcast. I'm Natasha, your host. I'm here with Monique. Hello. And David. Hello. And we are here to talk about living alone. Solitude. Solitude. Being alone, alone. Depressed in your house. I've been there, done that. Isn't that what it means when you're single and living alone? I thought that at first. I think because when I first started living alone, I was literally alone. Because I'd been married first. Then he was gone because he died. So then there was nobody to live with me, even if I wanted. At first, I think I was a little depressed. But eventually I got over it because I started to find contentment in living alone. How about you, David? I know that you have a roommate now, but what was it like pre-roommate? Awesome. I don't know why I word this. It's a blessing that you can live alone, but it also requires a lot of patience, thought, willingness. You have to be able to recognize aspects of your life that may not be as good or bad habits, et cetera, et cetera. Otherwise, you'll end up developing a bunch of bad habits, but not be able to recognize them. And then you going back into society might be a bit of a challenge where you're uh, moving in with someone on a roommate, et cetera. Yeah, that's a good point. It's definitely something, the accountability is the thing that's high on the list when it comes to that, because there's so many things that if you were in a relationship or if you had children, or even as we found out being roommates, like that's just different than if you're just by yourself. There's a lot of things you can just let go. You have no accountability to anybody when you're living alone in your own place, especially if you don't tend to have visitors. So you can become quite lax in a lot of things if you're not disciplined in certain areas like cleanliness, cleaning your place, doing just even just washing dishes and changing, doing laundry. The people do that for, you know, do my clothes, but do you change your bed sheets? Do you dust your furniture? Do you vacuum? When you live alone, you can let all that kind of thing go. And a lot of people who are hoarders they become that way because of loss and and stuff. So they end up collecting things. And then next thing you know, they've got no place to move around. And a lot of them do live alone. Yeah. I remember when I was living alone and having, I was a little bit of a collector. I had a junk room that I had stuff that I had a hard time getting rid of. And I was watching a lot of TV around that time. And I started watching one of those hoarder shows and went, yeah, we're going to get rid of stuff. So we ended up doing a lot of recycling and taking things to the thrift store and throwing things out with the other. Let's not go there. <laughs> Don't go down that road. Yep. Still have a little bit of that problem. But I suffered a lot of loss and trauma early on in my adulthood. It's understandable how I ended up like that. Because when you suffer trauma and loss, you do tend to want to hold things because of that fear of losing things. But I find myself feeling... Now, wanting to get rid of that kind of feeling that I don't feel I need to be like that anymore. No, it's good. 
And I think, too, another thing that can happen when living alone is that you forget the world doesn't revolve around you. And you're used to being in your place where your rules and new way you live and no one says nothing about anything. And then you forget what it's like to share and think of others and to understand that there's other ways of doing things and being compassionate and giving grace and all these things because you're so used to having it your way all the time. And this can be a danger. It's not, I'm not saying everybody has that, but it's a danger. Yeah. I'm probably one, the one that probably read through all of these. Okay. Yeah. Because I lived alone for a very long time. I bought my own condo. I was go to work, I'd go home, go to work, go home. The only outside thing that I did was go to church. So for a long time, I stopped voting friends. I stopped visiting friends. I stopped having friends come over. So I had to really force myself to start making contact with people again. Yeah. I just didn't want to. I'm going to get that. I'm gonna, does your friends not engage with you? Because the whole statement you said, implied that you were the one that would have to engage with them in order for them to actually engage with you. Wasn't that funny that when you said that, I'm going, yeah, friendship should be a two-way street and I shouldn't be always the one to reach out. So maybe that was part of what happened then too, is that it's like, why am I always the one to make the phone calls? But sometimes there's the not answering the phone calls or the text message or the email or the Facebook chat. You're like, I don't feel like talking. And then it just today, I don't feel like talking at the moment. I've got a headache or whatever, or, or I'm tired. I'll talk to them. And then it gets pushed off. And I have seen you did that. No, that could no, be definitely something. No. And I've done that. Yeah. But that one friend, she did come occasionally to come and visit me as well. She would call and say, come on, can I come over and visit? So it wasn't always just a one way. And she was busy. She had her own, she had kids and, and she had her own thing that she was going through as well. I get that as well. But yeah, it sometimes I find that, especially in the last couple of years, the amount of people who have called me has been pretty limited since we moved into the house. And we had an adjustment movie yeah, as well, because you, you, you were married and then you were alone for a year. And then I had been living alone for 15 years, 14, 13, 14. A lot of years. It was a lot of years. So the adjustment was probably harder for me because I had been alone for such a long period of time. Now, all of a sudden, I had to have the consideration of living with somebody who I knew but didn't. Yeah. No walking around naked. No. (laughs) Do not do that. (laughs) Don't do that. And uh, making sure that you close and lock the bathroom door because, you know, it's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm so used to somebody's there. I'm so used to. You're so used to when I lived alone, my bathroom was off my bedroom through a walk through closet. I never, a cat would come and sit at the floor and tell, what are you doing? I'm just getting ready or whatever. And uh, it wasn't a thing. Now it's out in the hallway where everybody gathers. It's like, yeah, I'm just going to, excuse me. We're all having coffee right inside. Don't you have the bathroom door? <laughs> Waiting for everybody to go to the bathroom. Yep. That's Carly and I. Yeah. Well, I, that, it's funny too, because Carly and I share that bathroom. Yeah. And if she's in the bathroom and sometimes you just got it, it's like, where do I go? And I know you said, you can just use my bathroom. I'm like, yeah, but that's your bathroom. And then there's downstairs. And then there's downstairs. 
Yeah, I didn't think I was going to make it. There's, there are those kind of things as well. But yeah, so it was, a, I think it took us about six months at least before we started to feel actual comfortable living together and not, am I in your house? You in my house? <laughs> this is my house. Why am I here? And then, yeah, so it, it was an adjustment period, but at the same time, we're both late, really late back people yeah so a lot of stuff doesn't phase us i think so maybe other people would have a more difficult time yeah but we're just like oh whatever yeah we're moving on we both have similar personalities and similar ways of doing things so just meshed yeah yep if something doesn't get done the other person picks it up vice versa yeah it's yeah it worked out well so that's one thing like we chose to buy a house together partly just because it would be nice to own a house and i think partly because there's there's no reason why people don't have the option to not live alone to live with somebody to not live by themselves they have the option even if they're not married or in a romantic relationship you don't have to in order to have companionship and friendship and just being around other people yeah and those times when we do find that we need the solitude, I'll either, I'll go into my room or you'll go outside or... Fairly no. home, so... You're fairly home. Yeah, I know. You're always working. Yes. Well, Money bags. <laughs> so, yeah, I do try to just... that I'm usually on the couch playing my video games in the few little minutes I have off. Yeah. That's just... So, and if I want to watch TV or whatever, I've got the big one in my bedroom, so it makes no difference to me to go there. Yeah. I just tend to sleep a lot. Cause... <laughs> so, yeah, there's people who choose to live alone. They choose that they choose not to have roommates and things because they feel like it's just going to be an inconvenience or they have to fight the right person and whatnot. And that's valid. But you have to be aware that these are some issues that, come up, that will come up is that you don't have accountability to others. And that there can be some things, like David said, bad habits can start coming up. And then forgetting about uh, people. And then finding yourself feeling extreme loneliness and thinking that people have abandoned you. Yeah. So we want to talk about just living alone or what to choose, how to choose to live as a single person. Like you can do what Monique and I did, find a person, like-minded individual and buy a house. Or rent place together, or like David, or even a large condo roommate, and that helps to like that. You know, that's that loneliness factor. It doesn't have to be something that's made up, and like that, the loneliness is stopped by romantic relationship. There's many other options. Uh, absolutely, we have uh, we have another couple girlfriends who they've been best friends or grew up together. They best friends, and they had decided same thing there was no marriage or relationships on the horizon for them so they determined the same thing as to buy a house and that's how we ended up because we went to them to ask how did you make this work make this work without killing each other <laughs> and they had this was actually the house that they that we went to was actually their second house yeah because their first house they got bought out because they were going to build apartments there with the windfall that they got from that they were able to buy the house that they're in now and uh, yeah, they just gave us pointers and tips on how to make a joint venture like this work between two people who are not romantically involved. Yeah. And aren't family bound yeah. by like laws and stuff. Like yeah. if something ever happened to one of us, then if you were 
sister, like biological sisters, there would be a certain way that the law would look at it. But because we consider each other spiritual sisters, but that's not in the law. That's not the same. It doesn't recognize that. So there is like legal things we have to consider and yeah and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. 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 But for the longest time, like for a number of 13, some odd 14, whatever years that I lived by myself, like literally by myself, I hope that I can give a lot of information for anybody else who is living alone and what, what they can do to be able to survive that. Because I found after a while, it was like, I really enjoyed the solitude especially since I work in retail, I was always around people, always having chattering and phones and stuff like that, that when I got home, it was my quiet place. And some days it was just like, I just want the quiet of not having to deal with people. Yeah, so I think one of the first steps is to just step back and then realize that this place that you live in, this home, this rental, this condo, whatever you want to call it, whatever it is that you're living in it doesn't have to be like a pit of loneliness it could be a blessing it could be a place of solitude which is like different it's more it can be more god-centered mm-hmm. and a place that can be peaceful relaxing restful yep and a way to recharge your batteries yep. yeah what do you think about this so far david a lot of it's just kind of explaining like the answer like yep. i just went through for me, I don't know. For me, it's my experience is just a bit different. I'm very easy to get along with. I do not care about literally anything. You can be a bit messy. You can, I don't know, just any what commonly people consider pet peeves or stuff that you have to compromise for. I just never really cared about. I'm, I guess I see it as I'm very tolerant. Like, I just don't care and i haven't really been told anything about my like my habits and stuff around the apartment from roommates either either i got either i found roommates who fit well with me you're too shy to talk about them but overall i normally just am very chill to live with yeah yeah we tend to be the same pretty chill yeah. i think that's part of becoming relaxed in your home it's yep. you just it's a place where you don't have to control everything and be on your A game all the time or whatever and show up your Yeah. But if you're but if you're a neat freak and you wanna share a home with another person, you might want to make sure that the person you're sharing your home with is also a neat freak. Otherwise there's gonna be problems. Yeah. So yeah. if you're gonna find a person to share the space with, then it's gonna come with prayer and wisdom and yeah. Figuring out if these are people that you can get along with, yeah, in a long-term situation. Yeah, and if you're and if you're not a neat freak, but you like to have a clean house, a house cleaner is a blessing. Yes, David. Yeah, I can't see crap. Yeah, for me, like the one thing that I hate to clean, I don't mind vacuuming, dishes, all that kind of stuff. Toilets, can't stand it. Cannot stand clean toilets. The bathrooms, toilets. Can't stand it. It's not like I haven't done it. I just can't stand it. So to have somebody else come in and do that, and say, yes, thank you very much. Exactly. You know, it's primarily floors, just floors, walls. Make, making sure there's nothing for you to step on. Yeah, I can do dishes, cooking, and wiping, vacuuming, yeah, and sweeping and stuff. But I have a cleaner come in because I can't catch most, can't catch everything. 
that. Yeah. And that's fair. Yep. <laughs> and that's the thing too, being visually impaired, having somebody to take care of those little things that you wouldn't normally be able to take care of yourself because of that. It's a blessing. Yeah. And I think I would encourage people who are living by themselves to to try to keep a tidy yes place. That's going to help with your mood and your outlook. Yes. Oh, I can imagine different mood for the next couple days. <laughs> yep. Come in, the house smells nice. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's great. It gets get your all the positive hormones floating, flooding yeah. through your body. Yep. Even Merida has a little joyful walk about it. And if you own your old place, whether it's a condo or a house, doing your own decorating is also a mood lifter. I, when I was in my condo, I had, I had repainted the kitchen because it was very dark and there was no windows. So I painted it a very pale yellow, brightened the whole thing up and just said, wow, that looks so nice. And I felt fabulous for days because, you know, I had to pull out the stove and the fridge and I cleaned everything and the floors and the walls and everything. And I painted everything. It's like a new beginning. Those kind of things can just be really mood lifters too. And there's also things like, even if you're not into pictures and hanging and stuff, there's like wall stickers and the word stickers and things that are make it like, I'm not a, like artistically, I'm artistically challenged when it comes to artwork and even design and decorating. And but I can be like, well, those are nice stickers, and you could put them on the wall if you want, or you could take just, them off when you're tired. Yeah, it's the stuff that you can data that's already done for you. You just <laughs> apply. You don't have to. There's just lots of different varieties of decorating. That's not just this like what you would basically stereotypically think of. Yeah, and there like there are there's things that I want to do to this house because I find it very sterile. When I've got pictures, it's just a matter of. Yeah, we've got that hole there where the stairs are. Yeah. It's a little intimidating because, you know, I always envision myself going down in a very rough way. There's just so many ways you can. And I think it was one of the best things, like, maybe not the best, but a kind of cool way that you can jazz your place up is a shower curtain. You can get some pretty funky shower curtains for not a super lot, like not much money, especially on Amazon or whatever. And you can go and it just like brightens your mood when you see it. Like it could be a funny one. It could just be really pretty. It could like I have this one that's like marble look. And when I'm showering, it's because it's a random pattern. Like I see things in them. Like oh, that looks like a doll. Or that looks like an arm. Like when you so it's just this constantly. But it's like a positive thing. And it's something like I said. Like it doesn't cost a lot, and you can change it out. Yeah, it's fifteen twenty bucks, and you got a whole new bathroom. Yep. there's little things because you don't have to do huge massive things and 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 if you're renting there's some things you can't do because the rental agreements will not allow you to do things like hate the walls unless it's white hanging up pictures because they put holes in the walls unless you're willing to fix them afterwards stickers is a good idea because they don't do anything to the walls yeah and you can get both kind of stickers that don't stick there they stayed but they're able to be beautiful another addition to the house if again renting it may not work is a pet yes some some rentals if you do a pet deposit will allow a lot of places will allow you to have a small dog or a cat yeah for birds cats dog there's so many kinds out there that you can find one that fits your taste and it can just bring a kind of a joy spark of movement even if like for me, put like a 
an aquarium in and you have like fish floating around, they can just bring a whole another ambiance yeah. to the but you have to be the kind of person though too that is willing to take on the responsibility of a pet. And if you're not sure if you can deal with the responsibility of a pet, start with a plant. If the plant dies, don't get a pet. But plants are a nice way to lighten up a place too. If you if a pen is just not something you want to deal with because of the responsibility, vet bills, food, clean up. Got a dog, you gotta take it for a walk. Got a cat, you got a litter box. But some people don't like that. With birds, let me tell you the mess a bird can make. You don't <laughs> unless you're willing to deal with that. But plants can be a really nice way to lighten up a place. And like my apartment was east, northeast facing. So I didn't have a lot of light. So all the plants had to be right up in the front area where the windows were so that they got as much light as possible. And I did a lot of plants out on the balcony. So I had a full jungle on my balcony because that, that's where I, and I grew lots of flowers and plants there. And now you're enjoying yourself, but you have a big garden. Yeah. And my, my, my tiny little rose bush that I think I, that I had in a pot for years and years, it was, it, it had barely gone over two feet. And maybe the most I had was, I think one year I had five roses. Well, now the thing is, higher than me and it's ginormous in two years it like quadrupled and stopped it's like I can't keep up with it it's so happy I've had so many flowers I don't I can't even drop so there's there's so many things that you can do within your home to make it your own yeah even if it's a rental there's things you can do to make it your own so when you walk in it's a place that you want to be in yeah yeah how about this one because this one is like my kryptonite Cookie. No, no way. I don't believe it. I can't stand cooking. And it's always Mm. the next day. I'm like, really? I need to eat food again? I just ate food yesterday. It's just not. What? I get that every hour. Why am I? Yeah. To be fair, if if you're a person that burns water, you might want to try cooking classes to help. I don't burn water. I just... Burn pots. Burn pots. Forget the put turn on the wrong burner and with a pot on it. That's not the one I'm using. That's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah, I just that was fine. Yes. <laughs> I have to laugh at that. Um, it's, it happens and that's the way it is. I love cooking, but you're also a bit of a picky eater. I'm a picky eater, yes. But it's not so much that you're a picky eater. There there are just some there are just some foods that could possibly be an allergy or really, or I just really don't like. Or you just really don't like. Eggs, tomatoes, mushrooms, all the things that Monique loves, so that she can have all of those in perpetuity. So she makes Monique makes food sometimes for, and that includes food for me. And I really appreciate it when she does. But because of my work schedule, there's half the time like I don't want to eat at nine o'clock at night when I get back from Taekwondo just because it's so late. Yeah. And they're and, gone by three o'clock. I don't get them until it's fun. Yeah, it's, it's just really hard to. And so for me too, because I work so much, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to fit in quality food yeah so i'm very much like i cook some pasta throw some sauce and cheese on and i'm good but then i'm not good because it's not protein and then i get hungry and so i was healthy to eat that every day lots of carbs i usually hit to morton's once a day mcdonald's mcdonald's couple times a week or more yeah i'm just a bit too much that way because i'm just like oh i'm so tired and so and even, and even if I do leave you leftovers in the fridge. Yeah, I always forget there's leftovers because for me, I always make like just enough of it for myself. Not that I'm not making it for many, but if I'm making spaghetti or something, I make enough for one. Yeah, and then I forget. Not, well, they, no, I'm good. That 
Because if I make spaghetti, if it's that, real spaghetti. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It's no, just not five minutes. It takes more than five minutes. It's a little bit. Yeah, because I fried ground beef and I put in vegetables. I put in spaghetti sauce. I'm usually going from work to Taekwondo, so I've got half an hour, maybe an hour if I'm like really lucky or less time. And I'm just like, just throw some pasta on, throw some sauce on it, some cheese, and have a glass of milk, and that'll get me through. Try to get me through. Yeah. And because you're on the road, I mean, we had this discussion yesterday. Yeah. Because you're on the road, you don't have access to bolster ovens or microwaves. So for you to have anything like that while you're on the go is really difficult. Bringing along, and you're not a big sandwich person. I eat sandwiches for a few days, and then I don't want to see them for months. Yeah. Unless it's cream cheese on bread or something, then I'm good. Or like I said, bagels and cream cheese, I'm good. Have that every single day. So that would be something. What were you going to say, David? You and I are very similar when it comes to... I get out of code either, right? I guess I can't, oh. but any relate, anything related to protein prop meats and stuff, are, it's, a little, it's a bit more challenging, but I can still do it. Mm. But I don't like cooking like Natasha does, so I do the pasta thing more often. And the problem with that is, as you get older, your metabolism is high, even if you're active, and it starts staying on parts of the body that yes. you don't want it to stay on. Hips, thighs, tummy, yep. things like that. And it's a really difficult thing. So I think, Monique, you're the best of the three of us because you do have the, the capability just to throw whatever on and you're very, like, artistic when it comes to it. You can do this, that, and the other thing. And it, it means, not that it means nothing, but it's just, it's not a chore. Yeah. I, when I was growing up, my parents always made me cook for the family. And it was a flop more than it wasn't. Then I was a young teenager. And for my dad, it was just like, eventually you're going to move out of the house. You need to be able to take care of yourself. And going out to eat is not financially viable. Yeah, that's the word. And probably calorie-wise. But I like so much. There's very little on the food scale that I don't like. Sauerkraut. Yes. So never feed... Monique, sauerkraut or liver? Yeah, sauerkraut, liver. I'm not a huge pork person either. Yeah, neither are I. Yeah, because I, I find... Other than bacon. Other than bacon. And the odd bit of ham. And the odd bit of ham, yeah. But that doesn't really count. That doesn't really count. It's just its own food group. Yep, it is. It, it is, is, absolutely. It's part, of, it's part of the vegetable group, right? Yeah, but there's very, there's very little that I don't like to eat. So that makes... When you throw something together, that makes it easier. What is your suggestions for us people who don't like cooking and struggle with eating a healthy, balanced? Make a list of what you do like to eat. Start with that. Because if you have a list of what you do like to eat, then at least you've got something to work with. Smoothies. If you have everything to make a smoothie, then you've got that as well, that you can make smoothies while you're running around as well. Even if you blend everything first, you can have that in a jar, in a cooler that you can, that can just go into and make your, put this and that and make your smoothie. And then you've got something to make you go for the rest of that. I guess the important thing with the smoothie one would be adding protein powder. Yes. Because you needed something to stick, to keep you going. And protein powders are always in jars. So you could always take those with you as well. And a lot of smoothies, you just need water. So if you've got boggy water. You've got your protein powder, you've got your little 
blender because they've got the little handheld blenders. Yeah. So these are all good things to keep around. And if you do some of them, if you get the kind that actually have the vegetables in there, you don't even have to worry about because a lot of them come complete with the vegetables. That's great. You can get like the all in one. Yeah. Now, see, you can get them on a decent price if you get them on sale. Yeah. And you can buy these little snacks and stuff like that too. And it's a lot cheaper to buy a package than keep it in the cooler. It's just, these are just some of those because you're out and about. If you have a job that you are in an office and you have access to a microwave oven or, or a toaster oven or bowl, then your possibilities are limitless. To Tamara, who I work with, she will make casserole dishes and then she will separate the casserole pieces and put them in separate and put them in the freezer. And then when it's time to get ready for work, she just grabs everything what she needs and takes it to work and then microwaves it when she's at work for lunch. Lots of ideas. Yeah. Anything to add to this topic, David, of food? I kind of have your style and texture of food. And then I like everything when I eat clothes. <laughs> it's just kind of massive conflict. But I think, honestly, I think what discourages me a lot is my inability to accurately determine if stuff is cooked or not. So I'm always actively working out. So if you have struggles with determining what, how food's cooked. There's always many different ways you can do it. As stole trial and error. Yep. So, uh, so, so cookers, Instapots, air fryers are great tools for people who struggle with knowing if things are cooked properly. A slow cooker, you can make stew, soup. Instapot, you could make so much. And it's so much more and it's so much yeah. bigger. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And the air fryer is great. If you, if you like chicken wings, I mean, they, there's a great marinade seasoning pack that I get and with a cup of flour and I get a bunch of chicken wings and I toss it all in that. Put it through the air fryer. It's one of your favorite things. Yes, it's healthy and there's chicken wings. And it's mix, not, but it's like healthier because it's not in the oil. It's not yeah, deep fried. Yeah. Message me for more meal ideas. Right. <laughs> so we've talked about making your house our own. We've talked about food. Now we want to, I want to talk about safety. Yeah. Because one of the big things when you're on your own is you're alone yes and like i remember i had the a vr headset for my playstation 4 and it was cool and but it had like headphones and you could do stuff but actually i was thinking like here i am i'm basically blind and deaf to anything that's going on around me alone in a house yeah anybody say <laughs> and so i kind of creeped me out a little bit even though i never had anything happen but i'm something basically like i have no like awareness of what's outside going on outside. So I didn't actually use it all that much. Yeah. Because I was alone in my condo, even though the condo had security, I've had strangers come and knock at my door quite a few times looking for somebody else, but they were at the wrong door. And it was like, what if it's somebody who is checking to see if I'm alone or not and trying to break in? Especially if you're female, your safety is... It, it, it was a thing of concern. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it, no matter how strong you are or how well your self-defense, if you're up against a knife or you're asleep or you're asleep. So I think one thing that's helped us is, again, you have to be a simple person, but we have a dog. A big dog. A big dog. With a big bark. Yes. And he'll bark. He doesn't excessively bark. But if it's something he thinks is going outside, like he's got a deep enough bark that I think it would deter a lot of people. Yeah. And that there was that one time when you had gone to Ontario and you put the dog at a farm 
so that he wouldn't be alone. And I was in the house by myself because I think Carly was off doing house sitting. So I was just me and the cat. <laughs> and I really had to think about the safety of the house. So I had to make sure that the gates were locked. Yeah. And I had to make sure that all the doors were properly locked. And I had to make sure where your swords were. Not so in defense, sleeping with the sword under a pillow. Yeah. <laughs> but I also parked in front of the garage so that it, oh, so that it looked like somebody was home. There was sure. somebody, yeah, so that it that people would know. And listen, dog on the premises is in the window. So hopefully that was enough of a deterrent for anybody. We live in a pretty, a pretty safe area. It's up on a, it's higher up, not quite mountain, but pretty We're close. On the way up, yeah. We're on the way up. And not a lot of people want to wander up that road because you have to climb it. And so, you know, it, I was safe. Yeah. Very thankful that I had my Taekwondo skills behind me. But it was still kind of, yeah, I think I'm safe. But you had that thought. Yeah, it's there. Yeah. But I think, too, one thing that happened for us, too, we had an Amazon package stolen right when we first moved in here. And so we put in the ring doorbell. Yep. And that seemed, that helped a little bit because a lot because you can see anything that's going on in front of your house. It'll record any movement and you can answer your doorbell from anywhere on your app. So it can make it seem like you're at home. If somebody rings the doorbell, you're like, hey, yeah, just leave it at the door. I'll be down in a little bit or whatever. You don't have to actually be at home and it helps. And then you can talk with the person from a safe part of your house as well. You don't have to be right at the door with the door open. No. And it's on both of our phones. So I have that too. So if somebody rings, even if I'm full and I'm home alone and somebody rings the doorbell, it's like, hello, who are you and why are you at my house? Yeah. During the day, it's not so much of a deal, but more at night. You don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And we have had the occasional stupid teenager come and ring the doorbell and run away three in the morning not that people need to sleep and work in the morning obviously they don't and the last time that happened is like i see you boy did that person ever run it's like i I see you don't go there that was the last time this happened too i don't even that was that's been quite some time since that happened yeah so making sure that you're Doors and windows do have locks that work and you have, if you want to put extra in the sliding, you can always put the bar in the sliding tray so that even if the lock gets broken, there's no physical way they can open the, yeah. the yeah. sliding door or window. But yeah, just being aware what locking gates behind you. You don't have to live in Fort Knox, but you, if you just being conscious about what's going on around you make sure your door is locked and if if you're in an apartment and you have the peephole and somebody knocks at your door and you look out the peephole and you don't see anybody out there i would caution about opening the door to see if maybe i would call through the door hello is anybody there and if you don't if you don't hear anybody don't open the door because it could be somebody who is lying in wait, waiting for you to open the door to break in. So if you don't see anybody through your peephole and nobody answers you when you say something, but if somebody says, yeah, it's just me, I says, can you stand in front of the door so I can see you? Yeah. Because you don't want to just open it up to anybody for whatever reason. Exactly. Any comments about this, David? Advice? What you said doesn't always work, Monique. What do you mean? Oh, yeah, because you can't see anybody. But you can see, and that that's something that that you should talk about, David, because you are sight impaired. How would you deal with somebody coming to your door that you were not expecting? Do you just open the door for them? 
no, I don't know. I don't open the door at all unless I know prior that I'm getting a visitor. So that's a really good rule of thumb. If you don't know anybody's coming to visit you, do not open the door. Yep. And it's good to have a large sword at hand. Yeah. Yeah. Don't work at man weapons, okay? Get in trouble. But this is going down the road, Sandy Sandy, that I can have a sword. No, don't do that. Gunchucks, bow staff, whatever works. Yeah. A broom. It's amazing what can work as a weapon. Your cell phone, the edge of your cell phone, the corner of your cell phone on their wrist to break their pole. So come to Chang Saekwondo if you want to learn more self-defense. Yes. Happenford, Aldergrove, and various locations in the lower mainland. I'm going to be quite honest with you, though. I do not actually have any, I guess, fear related to, the, to fear. It's not like I said. What I do, though, is anything digital related. Because there's a lot more harm other than threatening of your life. There's a lot more harm people do digitally than mm-hmm. there is in an actual physical confrontation. Unless your life is... Yeah. So like bank security. It is stupidly easy to get a hold of a lot of private information because a lot of people are not familiar with Mm -hmm. how they should be locking metaphorically doors and windows on your phones or your computers or you put your phone down, someone can just walk up and take it and you wouldn't know. And then that's your whole life just in a little device kind of thing. So that's more of where I'm sitting. Not so much, oh, someone's going to break into my house. Because, yeah. yeah. So, what, so, David, what are some digital safety tips you have? You have to be very cognizant and aware of what you're interacting with and where you are in the actual physical world. Make sure that you know exactly what you're receiving via emails or what if we're going to Starbucks to have a coffee, I wouldn't recommend connecting to any outside Wi-Fi sources. Or if you do, if you need the internet, I wouldn't do anything like banking or texting private information to friends or family or anything like that. If you want to do that kind of thing, I would recommend just using your data on your phones. Oh, and I don't think a lot of people realize that because a lot of people use, say, internet connections at Starbucks, Tim Horton. Oh, what's interesting is when you do any of those you connect to any of them, they always say, this is like an open Wi-Fi. Don't be doing anything like private on these things that you could technically get at. Yes. So while we're talking about this, we don't want to like scare people where they're like, I'm not safe in my own home. Like it's, we've just been, I've not said that. I'm not safe on my phone or my computer. I'm I'm just going to live in a bubble somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, This is where using your common sense. Yeah. Putting preparations, putting, you know, decent locks, maybe get like a ring doorbell, just doing what you can. Getting a big dog. That's just the fun. That's just fun. That's just a fun aspect. Or get a bird and teach it how to bark like a dog. There you go. That's not hard at all. Yeah. If you get a parrot, then there you go. It's going be barking all the time then. Okay. So it's, this is part of life, but we don't want it, people to be scared where like they're afraid all the time. Yeah. No, these are just things we want to bring up as possibilities and things that you should be aware of and remember and try to give tips on how to help if like force people who are single and living by themselves who are about to or about to if you're like in a relationship you need to get out of or if something happens to your spouse or if it's time to move out of the house, you're the chick that's leaving the nest. Yes, exactly. All they think. 
But I'm sure your parents will tell you all about these things. Yeah. So use common sense. Being aware. Being aware. Do what you can do. And prayer. Yeah. Understand that God is in control. The evil in the world is not greater than God. And that we don't yet live in the kind of world where just walking out of your home is a danger. No, and then there are other countries where, yeah, you could just you'd be much scared just to walk down the street. Yeah. So we could yeah. be thankful. And unfortunately, we can't avoid every situation. Yeah. But if you are aware of your surroundings and the people around you, you have a greater chance of avoiding the situation than not. And remember, like things like Monique said, your cell phone can be a weapon to help you. Keys can be a weapon to help you. Yeah. Things that you have around you that, again, it's not to be fear-mongering, but it's just to create awareness that you go, I don't know what to do. These are things that can help. Yeah. You almost always have your cell phone on you. Yeah. you. Sometimes you have your keys on you or a key or something that can be used as a weapon. So you aren't fenceless. No. Then it's just like a, you just have your contingencies in place and hopefully you never have to use them. And also, sometimes the best place to go is very public and yeah. yep. public areas with a lot of people, a lot of witnesses. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. So again, pray about times when you're feeling maybe the pressures of being alone, the fear of being alone when it comes to things like safety and things like that. Pray about it because God is in control. He's bigger than any of the things that can potentially harm you. And he's kept you this far in your life. I lived alone for a lot of years. I never was bothered. Yeah. It, it, so again, it's not to fear monger. It's not to make you afraid to go out of your house. But it's the, if you're aware. No. I think it was a story like they said, like a guy was stuck on the side of his, like on his roof in a flood. And like, he was praying to God for help. And so like a, a guy in a canoe comes by and he's like, hey, I can help you. No, I'm good here on the roof. And the guy left and another guy came in a motorboat and kept praying like, God, save me. And then the guy came, oh, I can help you. And he's like, nope, nope, I'm good. And God, save me. And then a helicopter comes, we'll rescue you. And he says, no, I'm good. And then he ends up drowning and he gets to heaven and he goes, God, why didn't you save me? He says, I sent you three guys to help you. And that's a very good example of how God works. Because God doesn't work on instant saving. God is a God of opportunity. He'll provide you for everything else. And if you really are one of those that, you know, you are concerned for your safety and you want to be able to defend yourself, Getting into a self-defense class. Yeah. yeah. And martial arts and self-defense classes can do that in a really good way because it can help you understand your body, what happens, like watching other people, how their bodies move and your reactions. And by doing it, it creates muscle memory in where it can come out in extreme circumstances. Yeah. 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 So again, take the actions to protect yourself and to create a safe and homely and relaxing place at your home and create in yourself a person who's at peace but is doing what they need to do that god has given the abilities to do to make their single life their fullest life so wouldn't this lead into the spiritual part of being 
the spiritual part. Yeah. Because when you live alone, that's one of the things that can definitely fall on the wayside is having a spiritual life, reading your Bible, having prayer time, getting to church, getting to church. Yeah. I was very bad at that. Yeah. 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 And then you moved in with a housemate who drags you off to church every yeah, Sunday. Yeah, when I can, because when you're not working. <laughs> but fully that changed. Yeah. But it was funny because when we first moved in, neither of us were very disciplined. When it came to devotions or anything like yeah. that, it was just horrible. And I loved having prayer time. And I really missed that. After our first year, I started really feeling the pressure from God to start doing devotions because you're both Christian, you should be doing this. Okay, it's great that you have this house you live in, but you need to bring me into it. Yeah. And that's where, and God hmm, wants I to thought it was Heather who was pressuring me on God. I think God was telling her to pressure you. Yeah, <laughs> because God wants to be a part of your life. And we always seem to leave him the last little bit. If you've ever had a good cup of coffee, and you got to the last little bit. Dredge. The dredge. Or the that, crumbs in the bottom of the chip bag. Yeah. Is that what you're leaving for God? He should have the choice part of it. Give to him your best. Don't neglect reading the Bible. Don't neglect praying because he is your help. He is your comforter. He is your guide. He is your strength when you're weak. And that's how you create a peaceful environment around you one that's uplifting and that you can go out and meet the world where it is because you've got God on your side and you can say yeah God's on my side me and God it was a majority or whatever and that's one thing to say the platitude and be like yeah it's true but if you're not ingesting his word and communicating with him on a regular basis then that like relationship's going to be very tenuous and this is just such a perfect opportunity for self-development, for growth, for for maturity. There, there's so many opportunities as a single person living in solitude. If you're motivated, you can make the time. So yes. you should be motivated. Yes. We're motivating you. We're being accountability to you. Yes. Uh, don't put this off. This is no. the most important thing in your life and should not be just an add-on. Yeah. Okay, thank you for listening to this episode of the Route 77 podcast. If you have anything to add to this conversation or questions that you may have thought that we didn't answer, give us a shout. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or you can email us at root77ministries at gmail.com. That's R-O-U-T-E, 77ministries at gmail.com. The 77 are not, or the actual numbers. numbers. Seven, seven. Yeah, seven, seven, not written out. Seven, three, seven. I'd be very long. Yeah, <laughs> that would be a very long email. Yes. So we look forward to being here next time. Yep. Have a good day. Good night. Night. And that's a wrap for today's journey on the Route 77 podcast. Hopefully, our discussions have given you some useful insights if you're living alone or planning to. Remember, Solo living can be a truly rewarding experience with the right mindset and approach. Do you have any personal stories, strategies, or questions about living alone? We'd absolutely love to hear from you. Feel free to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or shoot us an email at root77ministries at gmail.com. Until next time, remember to create a happy home, stay safe, and live your single life to its fullest.